This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What up? This is Myron, and you are listening and watching on YouTube the Rye Bread and Mustard, a Mariners podcast, the alternative underground, underbelly, back alley, secret society, speak easy down on the docks on the other side of the tracks, dive bar style podcast of and about and surrounding the Seattle Mariners that you are listening to on the Odyssey app or wherever else you're getting your podcast action from. Hey, if you're watching right now on the YouTube link, you're checking out or the YouTube feed, I should say, or the YouTube channel, you're checking out our, our new outline, our new our new look, our new look for the 2023 season. Hanno, what do you think about this? Yeah, it's the maiden voyage. This is kind of nice. We're we're paddling with oars. Yeah, uh, we got a lot of new stuff. You know, it's it has arrived from Odyssey. It's been there, but I haven't unpacked it. It's kind of like moving, you know, and you you get everything where you need it to go, and then you just kind of slowly pull stuff out, take the plastic off of things. That's kind of what's happened here. Yeah, it looks good. You did a good job. Yeah, I did all of this. You're right. I did all of this. No, uh, tonight we I can see we both shaved for the shave for the, uh, the, the the taping. Yeah, I was gonna wear a suit, but uh, maybe for the first game for you. Did you shave for this though, honestly? Because you had a you had a nice thick look, looking beard yesterday. Yeah, shaved this morning. Had to. So yeah, wasn't really thinking about this, but yeah, that sure i shaved for this we'll say that okay well i shaved for insecurity reasons so i didn't want to be the gray bearded guy here uh <laughs> we're a week into spring training um uh, lots to talk about kind of kind of lots to talk about i mean there's always a lot to talk about but is there anything that's really jumping out at you that that you're thinking about i uh, know i mean Spring training started, you know, uh, like you said, uh, what are we in week two of spring training? Uh, last year, they only went three weeks of spring training. So I wonder if the players are starting to get it, start itching to get ready for the regular season, if they're tired of it already. But uh, yeah, guys are going to start taking off this weekend, I believe, for the WBC. So yeah, there's lots happening down there. Kind of had a few things I think we could talk about today. I've already seen Robbie Ray twice. Let's talk about him maybe looking solid. A lot of people say he's looking solid, so maybe let's talk about that. And again, let's talk about the spring training takeaways. What are we taking away from this first week? Uh, here's an interesting thing. How far off are we seeing J-Rod and J.K. You know, hitting back-to-back -back in the actual lineup? Uh, also, Larry Stone did a piece on J.P. Crawford. So I think that's something we should talk about. And look, the MLB Network's down at Mariners camp. I mean, that's like the big show-off day, right? Big-time media day for the MLB channel for uh, the Seattle Mariners. And, of course, uh, 
Jerry Depoto at the time of this recording just had his uh, Depoto show earlier in the morning. So this will be coming out the next day. And if you've been listening and following us on uh, Odyssey or Apple or Spotify or wherever else, we like to do a partner show called Deconstructing the Depoto Show. But now here on the YouTube, we have a nice little uh, banner for it. Um, but yeah, we just kind of break that down. And then, of course... I think we ought to start off with a call from somebody that we have not talked to since the Mariners have been at least on the bra being broadcast playing. And that's, that's grandma Norma, my 92 year old grandmother, who's got a lot of opinions, um, she, you know, a week into spring training, she may be overreacting. She may not be, we're going to call her. How about we do that right now, right after this break. Get ready to play hardball in the kingdom. Take me to the ballgame. I want to see the ants. The Mariners are playing hardball. Did it again and again and again. Did it again. Princess Tours, the vacation company, brings you the best show in baseball when the San Diego Chicken plays hardball with the Seattle Mariners and the Baltimore Orioles tonight in the kingdom. Hello. Hey, Grandma. Hi there. What's going what on? What's going uh, on? Catching any oh. uh, Mariners action this week? What, what are you thinking about this first week of spring training? Oh, I'm getting excited for it. Hey, uh, I, I uh, don't like the idea that play in the afternoon and then you have to wait until the night to listen to it on the radio. Yeah, uh, it's a it's. It's being uh, broadcast with a delay. Is that correct, Hanno? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Seven Ten has the 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 rights, but like Grandma said, they're uh, doing their regular scheduled programming during the day and then broadcasting it later. So that's kind of weird. Um, there might yeah. be an option for you, Grandma. I don't know. Possibly if you went on MajorMLB.com. And uh, you might be able to hear it live there. I haven't checked it out, but I'll look at that tomorrow and let you know. Um, Esther, I have a couple of questions for you. Uh-oh, I'm on the hot seat already. Sounds good. Uh, are you? <laughs> <laughs> I want to know about this little rule where you've got, you've got to be in the batter's box, you know, within so many minutes or so many seconds or whatever it is. So if if the batter isn't in that box in, say, 19 seconds or whatever it is, is the pitcher going to get uh, an automatic strike against the batter? And yes. Are they going to have to, uh, okay, are they going to have to have a table setting up against the backstop with people sitting there saying, like, in basketball? How are they going to keep track of this? So, so the gist of it is uh, they wanted to speed up the game to give more action. Um, for instance, when a, there's nobody on base, there's a pitching clock that starts at 15 seconds. If, if it gets down to eight seconds before the batter gets back in the box, then it's called an automatic strike. So and vice versa, if the pitcher doesn't throw it after that 15 seconds and it's an automatic ball, there will be a clock for the pitcher to see and I would, would imagine for the batter to see out in the outfield somewhere on the wall. 
and then the umpire has a buzzer on them that will buzz them to let them know that time has expired and then they will stop the play there and call it a ball or a or a strike depending on what situation happens oh my gosh it's gonna be busy that's gonna be like technical very very much so baseball as you know you've watched for many years and all of us baseball is a game with no clock and no time which made it so great now they're changing it so um i'm sure it's hard to get used to and then another thing how about that playing all on the outfield all on one side what are you going to do with the other side put bleachers in it or what (laughs) yeah well i think the idea that is grandma is they don't think the, the batter is going to hit that way. So it's it's pretty much the shift that they used to do last year, but they're kind of using it in the outfield right now. I mean, who, who comes up with these ideas and rules? I mean, is it, a, is it four or five people or what? I mean, do they send out questionnaires and you answer them and send them back? Or where do they get these ideas? And another thing, what's the idea of the smaller bases? I mean, you know. What, you what's mean the that? larger what? bases. They're larger. Or is, are they making them larger? Yeah, they're the size of a pizza box. I thought they were making them smaller. <laughs> no, they're making them I larger. Thought that's what, I thought that's what they were going to do, decrease the size of the base. No, they're increasing it. Well, that's all right. I mean. I won't question that then, but otherwise I was going to say, gee, what, what's the purpose of it? So, Grandma, just so you know, um, you asked who came up with this. Major League Baseball and the commissioner, Rob Manford, came up with this. It didn't just come out of the blue this year. They have tested it for the last year or so in the minor leagues with this pitch clock. So they have some understanding of of what how it should work. But the thing of it is, these major league players haven't been accustomed to it. And that's what spring training and all this is for, is to get them up to speed. Uh, in, in the minor league games, what has happened is you've seen with these games early on in spring training, yeah, normal games around three hours or so, it's cut it down about 20 to 25 minutes. So so they do have something to go off of. It didn't just come out of the blue, but it, it was tested in the minor leagues. Well... I'll try to get my mind, my 92-year-old mind, uh, set on this. (laughs) Well, anyway, I'm excited about it. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. I enjoy it. Well, we're looking forward to having you back on here again. I'm sure you're going to get riled up one of these nights when the games actually mean something. (laughs) Hey, I'll get accustomed to these new things. Absolutely will have to straighten me out. When I get wild. <laughs> yeah. So the pitching's looking good, so you don't have anything to bitch about yet. Okay. Okay. All well, right. I'll let you. I'll let you two go, and you can finish your conversation. All right. All nice right. talking with you. Nice Talk to you soon. Yeah, nice talking to you, Hanson. Bye. Bye. Yeah, I thought it was pretty interesting that she thought the bases were getting smaller. You know, like like it was like the hamburgers at at Dick's, you know, or something. <laughs> <laughs> or taco time. You're like, what? They're getting smaller? No, they're getting bigger. They're getting. It's almost like bumper bowling now with the big bags, right? 
Yeah, I watching that first game, I didn't notice them too much. I mean, a lot. Of, it's going to be interesting to see what you think once you're down there. I... She's got a good point, though, you know. I mean, these rules, trying to figure them out. I mean, we're, we're all in the same boat trying to figure what's going on. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out what's going on here. I got hockey stats here on my... <laughs> Here we go. Oh, there we go. Uh, now, now I have to get after the stat department and the uh, the graphics department. So, uh, yeah. Um, are we starting it, to sink? We are starting to sink. So, anyways, today obviously marks one full week of baseball being played down there in the Cactus League. Uh, it seems like there's been much more positive than negative things coming out of this camp so far. I think we've seen, you know, some progression in some of the uh, key players that we're really concerned about, you know, the Kelnicks, um, some of the uh, pitching coming up through the pipeline, you know, starting to make some noise. Uh Teoscar Hernandez, what was he going to do? All these guys are looking good. How Robbie Ray, how he's going to bounce back from, you know, how he ended last year. Uh, is Castillo the guy, you know, that we paid? Is he this guy? And all signs point to, are pointing up right now when we talk about all these guys. And we could even throw Evan White into that, uh, into that barrel of Mariners fun. Uh, what, do you, what are your takeaways? From the first week, am I just spitting out too much sunshine right here? Or is there a lot to be excited about? No, I think as a Mariner fan, you want to be excited about Evan White and Jared Kelnick. I mean, that's positive stuff. I'd rather see those guys succeed. I mean, it'd be a big deal for at least Kelnick to improve on this year. Like you mentioned, uh, as well as the, the young arms that we have, coming up through the pipeline that's really exciting so yeah and you, and you hear these guys talk on interviews and stuff they're really positive they 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 feel slighted last year they felt so close during that astro series they felt it could go the other way real quickly um yeah it was like three bad pitches throughout that series but they're hungry and uh they sound real positive and look forward to um growing and moving this season farther along than they did last year. Yeah. And I think there's something that I was going to talk about when we talk about the MLB network being down there. What's Greg Anzinger. And I'm saying his name, right? I know the guy's face. He's kind of like the Vince Vaughn looking tall guy, right? He was talking with Ty France and he kind of asked this question. Um, you know, he asked, he asked the question, Ty, you know, some teams have this World Series hangover. Do you think you guys are going to have the hangover? Not just because, like, we didn't just get into the playoffs. We ended, they ended a, a drought, which kind of felt like a World Series win to Mariners fans. And, and it was treated more than a playoff clinch, you know. So they asked him, do you think there's going to be, you know, a hangover? And, of course, he's not going to go, yeah, you know. But – what makes me really believe him and the Mariners is the way things ended. And he talked about things ended, not being able to score one run in front of your own fans. So there's a lot of shit left in the mouth, big chip on the shoulder for the Mariners. 
Yeah, I, I'm sure. I'm sure those guys are really excited not to have the same question that they've had for many years now saying it's, it's going to be the year that you're going to break the streak. So um, lots of other things to talk about and bring up. So, yeah, um, really, uh, really different vibe going on in this camp with what they're getting asked. Yeah. And I mean, MLB Network was down there today. That's where we're going to, you know, glide into here uh, from the first week of talking about the first week of spring training. MLB Network was there today. Everybody had their their coats and their beanies on. It didn't look like it was a very warm day, but there's a lot of good footage. I unfortunately couldn't see it because of the YouTube TV uh, MLB channel uh dispute that we've covered here on the podcast in length but i did check out some of the interviews on uh mlb.com what do you think of all these uh interviews today well it was really i i enjoyed listening to julio you know he was kind of a guy that was up and coming and they were kind of razzing him saying hey you're the guy now how does that feel and um you know julio was just so polished and such a pro the way he handles everything i mean we're so lucky to have that guy. He's fantastic on the field and off the field. He represents the Mariners so well. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And they were talking about, yes, how like one year ago they were like, is this guy really this good talking to him? And now they're looking at him and they're just like, wow, you got a blessed life right now. <laughs> yeah. With a lot of, with a lot of cash in your pocket. Yeah. They talked to Tay Oscar today, obviously. Um, they, like I mentioned, they talked to France. They also talked to J.P. Crawford, but I don't feel like they got as in-depth on J.P. Crawford uh, like uh, Larry Stone did in, in his new piece uh, in the Seattle Times. Why don't you tell me about that, Hannah? Yeah, it was just a really good uh, interview, to, just kind of going over with J.P., just asking him some questions, you know, about, hey, what was your thoughts this offseason? Um there was talk again, like there was the previous year of, uh, you know, the Mariners possibly bringing in another shortstop. Were you up for, you know, changing positions uh, that he never went on the record yet? Nobody's asked him about it. And he said, yeah, I totally was. I'm, I'm all for helping out this team. Um, he kind of, I mean, in the, in the outset of the off season, he felt it was a big possibility that he might be displaced coming into a, uh, this season at shortstop. So he was all for it. Um, I learned a couple other things too. I mean, I know I was critical and a lot of fans were of him last year. I didn't realize how banged up and hampered he was by injuries. It said that he had some back problems, some leg problems, knee and some pectoral ailments, but you would have never known it. He still went out there and played 145 games. So that's yeah. a, that's, you know, we, we, we're so critical of guys. We don't realize their nagging injuries that are going on and, so he's looking to have that uh, he's looking to have a full year like he had at the start of last year, you know, those first couple months where he was looking really good. I guess he went down to uh, Kent to the driveline facility, worked on his swing and it feels real positive going into this year. So hopefully he stays healthy. And another thing is with the shift going away, he's just really excited about that. You know, he's getting back to playing athletic ball, not being, you know, positioned where you need to be and everything, be more of an athlete and make those plays that he has been accustomed to making uh, for a lot, a lot of times here for us. Yeah. I Listen, I, I agree that, you know, he's a team guy. I agree that he 
he's really you know taking strides into fixing things in his game as far as him being a gamer and going out there all the time of course he's like the heart and soul of this new mariners team was i surprised again to hear about any of his injuries no because we're there like i said he if you were there in person a lot like I had the chance to be last year. You could see in between innings, you know, like when they're jogging in or when they have to go out to the field or after a play, you could really see that JP was hiding these injuries. Um, another thing is, yes, I agree that he wouldn't have cared if he moved over, but I also feel like I would have liked to hear heard that earlier in the offseason. Is it his place to talk or tweet about it? No, but also there was this big misconception, though, that he was unwilling to do this because he was just signed a five-year deal the year prior for a shortstop position on this team. Yeah, he feels very fortunate to get that deal. He mentioned that. He said, hey, I'm a leader of this team. After Kyle Seeger left, I kind of felt like I took over as the team leader, and I was – you know, I'm doing whatever I can to help this team win and go further on. He said he even mentioned he'd play catcher if they put him there. He just wants to win. The World Series, where a pitch is not just a pitch, it's a World Series pitch. Where a hit is not just a hit, it's a World Series hit. A win is not just a win, it's a World Series win. Now you've got a chance to win a trip to the 1984 World Series by entering Major League Baseball's Grand Slam sweepstakes at all Major League ballparks and participating retailers. Baseball favor, catch it! The preceding message was furnished by Major League Baseball. You know, an, another big take, I would say a takeaway that I have from this first week is, like I mentioned We've seen Robbie Ray twice. He looked great in the first start. You know, he struck out five here in the most recent start. He seems like one of these players that's definitely understanding that he he's definitely one of these players that's really trying to move on from last year. And it's not like he had a terrible year at all. Like we've said before, he kind of book ended not very well, but everything in the middle was was Cy Young. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see um, a stronger, more looking like 2021, but not the same exact picture like 2021, but it seems like he's putting more velocity on the ball. seems like he's definitely a bit stronger. Uh, really enjoyed hearing all the grunts. I mean, he was out there working hard here on his last, on his last outing. Definitely, you know, stretching out a bit. And you could see you could see that ball, you know, moving up a bit more. Yeah, I mean, like he mentioned, uh, he was put in a position that he was a, he was a, unaccustomed to last year. Um, he, you know, came in as a relief effort and lost that game, and that was something he had to deal with. He talked with uh, Paul Seawold, you know, something that Seawold has gone through being a reliever, and you know, Seawold pumped him up and let him know, Hey, it's a team effort. You know, you got to flush it. So he's coming in here positive. Uh, he picked up a new pitch. He's working on a split finger. Uh, like you said, his first outing was fine. His second outing was more successful. Uh, he mentioned that going in his, to his second uh, start here, 
that he was a little bit less comfortable with the pitch clock. He had a little bit harder time getting used to it, but once he did get back into rhythm, he felt like he um, was back on top of his game. And it sure sounds like it with uh, striking out five and just a few innings to make his second start of the spring. Yeah, I mean, I was I was watching it, you know, through YouTube, and I don't know if it was that YouTube jump cut editing or is that how fast he was having to pitch, you know, in between pitches. I, I couldn't tell if it was editing or is that how fast these pitchers are having to go right now. But nonetheless, I thought he looked solid. He just has a real strong, like mental, just mentally strong face, you know, very focused face going on you know he was new last year to this team too so i bet you even though he was a team leader and a clubhouse leader last year i think it's it's even more ingrained that people are trusting of him throughout the organization everybody's got positive shit to say about him and i mean look he gave up that home run you know in the postseason after a not so great start but he said yeah give me the fucking ball you know I mean, that's the kind of guy he is, and that's the kind of pitchers and players you want on your team. Yeah, for us to be successful this year, we're going to need him again. We're going to need him to be as good as he was last year, if not better, to try to overtake the Astros and fight off the other couple teams who made some aggressive moves this offseason. Some more takeaways from week one that uh, I think everybody's talking about is right now as we're recording, you know, uh, Jared Kelnick has three home runs, including a oppo taco and a, uh, you know, the backside of a, uh, the exclamation point, I should say, of a back-to-back with Julio Rodriguez, uh, where in the lineup, Julio was hitting one and uh, JK was hitting second. A lot of talk, a lot of what-ifs, a lot of daydreaming about these two which uh, leads me to this question, and you're going to see the banner right here on YouTube, perfectly timed. How far off are we from seeing J-Rod and J.K. hitting back-to-back in the actual Mariners lineup? I think we're a ways off still. Um, you know, it's been a great start to camp for Kelnick. Um, I think he, this is that would be exactly what the Mariners foresee for the future. Could it be this year if Jared Kelnick plays really well and figures it out? Yeah, I think that'd be a great thing. I mean, service uh, seems to like to rotate between righty lefty throughout the lineup. You know, could you imagine of a, a Julio and a hot Jared Kelnick followed by T Oscar and it kind of scoots everybody down Ty France, then, you know, uh, Suarez or Cal and then Kelton Wong or Colton Wong, excuse me. Um, yeah, that would really lengthen out the lineup. I, I, they might play it a little slow if, even if he is being successful, just not to, you know, they might've hurt him early on when they brought him up and bat him lead off, you know, put that pressure on him. I think they want to just give him a nice runway just to see what he can do. Yeah. And also we have a lot of good hitters on the Mariners now and the number two spot the way baseball is now, it's kind of turned into that three spot, right? One and two have kind of changed its spots from the baseball that we're, we're accustomed to. Will that change with the way 
that the rules are changing? Possibly. I think every, any and everything could change. How far do I see them from hitting, you know, back to back from each other a couple of years? Because Ty France right now, I'm happy with him up there at number two. You know, he's a Mariner. He's there. Uh, we also have, you know, people like Teoscar Hernandez. Uh, you also could see Julio hitting second and, you know, maybe Colton Wong being up there. But as far as, a, you know, you know, looking at it like a, a Griffey Edgar or A-Rod Griffey Edgar, we're a bit off. And I think, you know, JK, you're going to probably see him like, yeah, down at the end of the lineup where uh, he could be. But here's the here's the loophole maybe we could see jk and j-rod hitting back to back because jared kelnick could be hitting ninth and j-rod could be hitting first yeah i mean put jared kelnick anywhere as long as he improves this year and shows progress that's i don't care where he hits i mean like i said it's a big deal if they get some big much greater production out of Jared Kelnick this year. That would be huge for this team. If he can make the steps that Cal Raleigh made last year, um, I mean, that would be phenomenal. Yeah, and let's not forget that Jared Kelnick's going to be in the lineup kind of similar of how he's been in the lineup here at spring training, at least for the start. You're not going to see him out there every single day. You know, he's not going to face the tough lefties you're gonna have aj pollock who you know i just watched him the other day you know hit a double i said who's the guy who just hit this line drive off the top of the oh pollock you know that guy's gonna get the starts jk is gonna be playing fresh he's gonna be also being asked to pinch hit i'm sure yeah i mean we've we've seen jared Kalnick. we've talked about it nauseam how you know we've seen him be successful in spring training. It's all about the regular season when he's facing the best of the best of every team, you know, the starters, the number ones, twos, threes, you know? So yeah, it's, it's good to see him having success and gaining that confidence and having that belief of what he worked on this off season and having success with that. That's all positive. So, I mean, as a Mariner fan, I'm just excited. Him being successful means the Mariners will be more successful. It is, and that's what uh, Jerry Depoto was saying uh, today on the uh, Jerry Depoto show, which you know we like to break down here, and we like to call it our deconstructing the Jerry Depoto show or de deconstructing the Depoto show as our banner, our flashy banner, right here on uh, the Odyssey app or YouTube, actually, I should say. That you can see right here on YouTube. All you got to do is subscribe. No, you can see it without subscribing. But I think once you see it, you're going to want to subscribe. And I'm going to put that banner up right now, okay? I'm going to do it right now. Here we go. Banner. This is the topic. All right. The Deconstructing the DePoto Show. You're seeing it right there. Thank you, graphics department. Uh, yes. So the Jerry DePoto Show, if you don't know... Uh, airs every Thursday at about 9.30 in the morning, I believe, Pacific Standard Time on uh, the flagship Mariner Station, Seattle Sports. Uh, they do it with Brock Heward, who I think is a really good interviewer, uh, and Mike Salk. Today on the DePoto Show, did you catch it, Hanno? No, I didn't get a chance to hear it, but... Uh... 
So whatever I say is what really happened on there. Um, it it kind of echoes what we're talking about here. To be honest with you, it's a lot of positive talk. A lot of positive talk about J.K. We already did enough about him, but I mean, Jerry Depoto again talking about just how far he's come mentally, physically, where he's at. You know, defending some of the misnomers about him, like if he's a meathead. Um, they're definitely just back, backing Jared up of saying this guy's a very, you know, intelligent, you know, like maturing guy. And again, just reminding everybody of his age. He's, he's young. He's a young guy. Um, and just how much hard work he's put in. And we got through all that kind of puff piece. Then he talked about the pitching staff. I mean, felt like another puff piece thing and unintentionally because what, what is there negative to say about the the pitching staff? Really, there's two people you could sit there and nitpick at, and that's Marco and Flexen, right? And the, those are the guys battling for your five. So there's really nothing bad to be said about them. And then Jerry Depoto was, you know, asked what player or players he thinks can really impact the Mariners season this year without outplaying the back of their baseball card. If they could just do what they were expected to do, and that's Marco Gonzalez and Robbie Ray. I was not surprised about the Robbie Ray. You know, the Marco Gonzalez, him saying, if you could just do what we expect from him normally, it's going to be a good season for the Mariners. He brought up the fact that, hey, Marco is tied or he might be by himself third with third most wins in like the last four seasons, I believe. And if he, he made a good point, if this was 1973 and we were going off of just wins, we would be singing different praises about Marco Gonzalez. And I had to go, that is interesting. It's not 1973, but I did think that was pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, Marco is a, 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 Big piece, an innings eater. Uh, I think a lot of teams would like him at the number five position. Um, he can get you – he can. He won't shut out a team, obviously, but he can keep you in a game. And hopefully with some of our acquisitions with Teoscar, we can get some more run support for him. He's that type of guy. If he holds the other team at three, it gives you maybe a chance to win. What, what, what kind of was he talking about, uh, Jerry DePoto? What, what what does he think is a good season for Marco? Just make every start, go deep into games, get you 10, 15 wins? Yeah, I think that is the only expectation that you really can have for him. I guess keep the ball in the yard. That's got to be it, right, with Marco. Because the innings, he does great. Showing up to the games and making the starts. He does great staying in there, even through, you know, some rough innings. He's great on that. It's just all about, you know, keeping the ball in the ball yard. Yeah, we've seen it with Marco. When he's successful, he's changing speeds and he's locating. If he gets that ball up, I mean, he it gets lit up sometimes. So, and Mar Marco knows that it's all about location for him. That's what's given him his success in the big leagues. He's not going to overpower you. Yeah, and, and again, also, too, this also could be a, a, a sell job, um, you know, as far as 
Absolutely. And, you know, especially we've hearing we're hearing a lot of noise about Bryce Miller. Uh, is it Baroa? Baroha? Yeah, Prelander Baroa. Um, I mean, like the depth and the options of what what you know. It's an embarrassment of riches, honestly, and for the Mariners not to be put anywhere in the top 10 of pitching staffs is ridiculous to me. We've already talked in length and nausea about that. Yeah. Us, but I'll say it and again. Emerson, and Emerson Hancock had a nice outing uh, the other day as well. Um, looked really successful. Blew a guy away. I mean, they're really high on him and Bryce Miller as well. So that you, like you said, it's a benefit of riches down on the farm of what's to come for the uh, starting staff and the arms that are, in the waiting. And uh, I think the one thing I do want to talk about that they talked about on the DePoto show, which I thought was kind of strange and a lead in into the show by Mike, Mike Salk. And again, he's going, I may be just reading into this meaning like I kind of just have this weird thought that I'm going to make a rumor is, is basically what he's saying. And he's bringing up the fact <clears throat> that maybe the Teoscar Hernandez situation with him coming over as a one-year rental quote-unquote well i say quote-unquote one-year rental uh he was saying that he felt like he was really sad that he wasn't got taken away from his toronto guys again i'm paraphrasing what i was listening to in this lead into this interview with depoto and then he kind of brought all that up again and depoto you know shot it all down and i have to agree with depoto i feel like it's been nothing but everything on the up and up with Teoscar outside of maybe the uh, arbitration hearing. But honestly, if he gets that arbitration anyways, it's probably below market of what he's going to get being a, you know, unrestricted free agent next year. So, I mean, I don't think it's that big of a deal. What do you, what do you take about what do you, what's your take on all of this? I, I have to agree with you. It's, I don't know really where he's coming up with this. Everything I've heard is that he was really excited to come here. Um, he noticed last year playing against the Mariners how how hard they fought and the type of team that will never give up. Um, uh, I mean, like you said, uh, he's in his final year that of his contract. Um, looking into next year's uh, free agents, it's not very strong. So he's due to make himself a pretty hefty payday if he hits free agent market. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't understand anything that Salk's saying about that. Everything I've heard from him, he's he's happy to be here. I mean, even before I came, we came on air here, um, the Mariners social media had a little sit down interview with him and he said the exact same thing. He's happy to be here. He's excited. He likes the city. He likes the fan base. They're into it. Um, so nothing but good things from him. I don't really know where he came up with this. That guy can't be feeling too bad. He knows what's coming to him in the offseason. Uh, and the Mariners know that this is a possibly a one-year rental. And when you're in the spot with a core team like the Mariners have set up, for sustainability, you're going to see a lot of these one year people come in. You go back and you watch the glory days of the Mariners in the mid nineties and the early two thousands. We had so many of these one year people that come in and help the team. And then 
they'd be gone. When I go back and watch stuff, I always go, oh my God, we had Terry Mulholland for a year. Uh, you know, we had Mark Witten. You know, um, he had guys like Ricky Henderson come in. You had Stan Javier. You had Ruben Sierra at one point. You know, there's a lot of these players that you just get that are, you know, just, just passing through. And next year, he might not be here, but that doesn't matter right now. And maybe next year, there's another Teoscar Hernandez, you know, that we have on our team. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm really excited about having him in right field or DH, probably more in the outfield uh, right now. But, yeah, he hits the ball hard. He makes a lot of contact. The other day he hit one at a Peoria Stadium. I don't mean over the wall, but over the wall and over the the outside fencing of the stadium. I mean, it was crushed near the backdrop in center field. I mean, this guy's a legitimate power hitter. He's up there with, you know, some of the big-time power hitters in the American League. Yeah, and, you know, he's going to be leaving camp here pretty soon to go to WBC along with Julio and, I believe, Diego Castillo, right? So it kind of makes me feel good that he's not just going to the DR team to play with all these other Dominican players from other teams trying to, you know, court him. It's almost kind of like the all-star game or the pro bowl, right? You gotta, you know, anytime like players end up signing with teams and you ask them, how did this all happen? And it's always like, well, I was at this luncheon or I was at the all-star game or I was at the pro bowl and this, this happened. And you know, that happens. It's, it happens all the time. And, uh, I don't feel so scared about the recruitment since a couple of our guys are gone, especially somebody that's going to be there for 900 years, you know, in, in Julio. Now here's Lenny Randall. When the Mariners beat the Red Sox hitting baseballs out of sight. Every kid who's 14 and under will want to go. Yeah, that's about it. We're running out of time here uh, on our first show. Our first show here on uh, YouTube. We've had some content before on YouTube, but as far as you know, here in our new digs and our new apartment, as I should say, uh, here on YouTube with, there it is. Check out all the banners with all of our information right here. It's kind of like the, uh, it's kind of like the outfield walls with all the branding on it now, you know, like the old days and now, you know, we got, uh, we'll go from left field to, uh, right field of our sponsors or slash where you can listen to this podcast and download it where you can get this podcast and download it and subscribe to it and follow it, get all the notifications, all the special episodes that are about to be happening. We're going to be at spring training next week and got some big special guests the week following uh, our week down at spring training. Uh, and again, you can get these episodes on Apple, Spotify, Odyssey, Google, right here on YouTube, Amazon music, audible, Overcast and iHeartRadio. Uh, and you can always check us out at Twitter at RB and M. Get it? Rye Bread and Mustard Podcast. 
that again, that's R B and M podcast, or just look up rye bread and mustard podcast on Twitter. That's probably easier. And again, over on Instagram, it's just rye bread and mustard podcast. Uh, check us out there on the socials. If you're watching on YouTube. Like, subscribe, and review. Same thing on Apple. We love those five-tool baseball players, but you know what we like more than that, Hanno? Five-star reviews. Thank you. I'm glad you could read the cue card from there. Um, uh, but we'll be back next week. I'm pumped up. Uh, probably do one more episode before I head off to Peoria, but that's going to be a lot of fun. We got a lot of content coming to you. Check that out on our socials. We're going to be pumping that up for the season. But again, I'm happy to be here. Uh, thanks for hanging in there. If you made it to the end of this episode, this is, we're trying this out for the first time with with all of our uh, you know new controls. Like I said, it's kind of like we moved in somewhere and we're taking all these uh, things we got out from. Uh, it's kind of like wedding gifts, you know, toasters, uh, weird remote controls massage machines all right this is a bad analogy we just got a bunch of new technical stuff that we're working through if you're watching us up on, on the youtube but uh you know what hanno we're still gonna do what we always do you know what time it is you're on youtube Check this little thing out. That was pretty cool. <laughs> All right.